Welcome back. You are listening to another episode of 30 and 30 from Keep the Change. It's a Saturday morning. I've come into the office to dust out or dust off a couple of these episodes for all of you. I'm sure you've been enjoying the process of listening to this every day. Hopefully hopefully you have. Hopefully that's how you've been doing it. Maybe you're binging it. Uh, However you are consuming it, good on you. And I hope you are learning something from my journey through finances and through life in general. Today... In day number 19, the 19th of March, we're on the uh, home straight now because we've only really got 12 episodes to go as such right up to the 30th. Then it will be, uh, maybe I'll do a wrap up at the end. I think I'm going to have to go back and make some notes of the things that I've forgotten along the way and maybe do a little bit of a what have I missed. But today's lesson is called Commit and Then Figure It Out. This is something that... I have tried to practice and I still continue to practice because the more I do it, the more I'm amazed of what I can actually figure out. Now, I think towards the end, we're going to do a day on how powerful you are and what that means and how I have come to believe that because I don't think it gets taught very well. So that might be something that you can learn from. But for now... Uh, We're going to be talking about committing and then figuring it out as you go. Now, you'll remember that I quit my job, and the reason that I did that, even before I sort of knew if school rebates was going to work, was because I needed to go out there and give myself every possibility of making it work. Now, how I knew this about myself was because if I looked back to earlier years in my life, I had actually had a couple of cracks of starting businesses. Now, I haven't mentioned these as we've gone through, but one of them was called Will You. Now, that was an online platform, much like school rebates, but I'd started on that at probably about age 21, I think, and built a platform for people to be able to create their own will. So a will is a document that when you die, it sets out the wishes that you have and how things are going to be split up Um, on the other side of your death and those things being your assets and things like that. Now, a lot of people don't have these and when I was looking at it, basically the public trust administer a lot of it. It's a big entity in New Zealand or your lawyer will help you set one up. And the reason I was thinking about it was because everybody was starting to get into KiwiSaver and that meant that everyone who would die before they get to 65 would need to think about where that KiwiSaver is going to go. So I thought, oh, here's a genius play here. I could make an electronic version, a very easy way to create a will, and people could fill it out, and then they could set out what they'd want to happen with their assets and stuff and get younger people into thinking about wills and things like that. Maybe as I went, team up with some KiwiSaver experts and sort of um, weave in and grow it out. And I basically built this entire platform with a mate of mine who was very smart and he knew how to code and do all these different types of things. I don't know much about that, but I kind of knew the accounting and legal side of it. And um, I was building it out, and I built it out, and and I got there, and I kind of 
I didn't really know how to scale it from there or how to get it in front of a whole heap of people. I'd done a few of them and then, you know, I'd start telling people about it and I sort of got those convos like, oh, you're starting to be a chartered accountant, you know, this is just a bit of a distraction. Maybe do that later on in life, you know, you don't need to be doing that now. And so uh, I kind of, I probably got a bit scared and I decided, yeah, bugger this, I'm just going to put this on the back burner and I'll get to it down the track. Now, fast forward a number of years and I was sitting in a meeting with someone from the public trust, I think it was, in an accounting firm I was working at, and they said, oh, before we leave, um, it was about one of our clients, they said, before we leave, we'll just leave these um, brochures here if you could chuck them in your, in, at the front of your office there. I said, what are these? And they said, oh, well, we're, um, we, we've created an online will platform because, uh, I said, oh, okay, what, why have you done that? And they said, oh, because we realise that a lot, a lot of people don't have a will, so we wanted to create a really easy way for people to do it. And I just basically smacked my head on the desk and my boss started cracking up because he knew exactly what I'd gone through. Um, and, and he was just laughing at me. And these people from the public trust are sort of like, what the fuck's going on here? And, and I explained it. And they were like, oh, yeah, well, like, good on you. Um, you're bad that you didn't fucking do anything about it, mate. And they were right, you know. I only had myself to blame. And I don't know how that successful they've been with it and what it would have led to anyway. But you can see that I was already on the path to kind of trying to find some sort of journey very early on and think about having my own crack at something and identifying a, a hole in the market. But I got a bit scared because I just wasn't sure of some of the legalities of it all and sort of um, how to go about some of these things. And really, I should have put my hand up and asked for help, and I should have asked a lawyer or partnered up with somebody who knew more than me, and we could have probably made this thing rock and roll. But anyway, I didn't. So, you know, it is what it is. Now, then I had another idea, and I called this one BizNest, B-I-Z-N-E-S-T. And this was where people could come if they were starting a business and they get everything that they need to start a business. So you would learn about how to set up a company and when and and if you need to actually do that, how to get an accounting software, so zero that a lot of people were using or starting to use at the time, uh, whether you need to think about trademarking, did you need to get a logo, where to go to get that done. It Basically, everything you needed to start a business was in this platform and, and part of the subscription and it was called BizNest, and then hopefully I'd pick them up as accounting clients down the track, or I'd refer them on to people, and then I'd try and get a clip of the um, ticket for that as well, and again, same thing, completely built the whole thing out with my same guy that had helped me build Will You, and I can still picture the logo, it was like, I think a business started coming up out of a nest or something, yeah, exciting stuff, what a fucking cracking logo that would have been, I'm sure that would have been really sexy on Instagram these days, but um, again, I was having a crack and I, nah, fuck this, got too scared, didn't, didn't carry on down the path with it, oh nah, just carry on, like I've got a good job here, why am I pissing around with this stuff, just, you know, maybe I can do this at another time, and I think what the gap was there is I, I really didn't know how to scale that or get that in front of people, I didn't really know how to charge for it and things like that, and so uh, I, I didn't do much about it, Facebook was a thing back then, but it wasn't, oh, I suppose it was popping off and people were starting to do business stuff on there, but I was just lacking those skills, so I carried on down my path and at the same time, I was probably drinking beers and all that sort of stuff as well that we've already heard about. But you can see that I was having a crack at a few things. Previously, I'd done a bit of t-shirt stuff, some logos on some t-shirts, but that was a bit of fun. Uh, but it was very enjoyable for me. I sold some feed joas at the gate when I was flatting and probably covered a week's rent via selling feed joas and learned a, a bit about business through that process, just the entire ins and outs of what can what can happen and 
running out of supply and different things. And I've done a post about how I think we should support kids that are sitting at their gates trying to sell things because they could be our next generation of business owners or entrepreneurs. We need to support and foster those types of people. So if you ever see people selling lemonade and shit, stop and um, and support them and, and, and basically reward them for what they're doing because that could be the catalyst for them becoming our next big problem solver or business owner in the country. And we need more of that. Anyway, I, um, I didn't take any of these ventures far and I've only got myself to blame for that. But what it taught me is, is that I thought, okay, the next time I have one of these ventures, I've got to change my environment to change my results. I think we've talked about that previously. And I thought, I've got to quit my job so that I can have a fucking good crack at whatever this next idea is because I keep falling back on the safety of my job and my career and becoming a chartered accountant and how prestigious that was and um, not not wanting to sacrifice how hard I worked to get all of those things and my identity I guess was is tied to those things a little bit and I thought they were so important and you know become a, a CA it, it takes about I don't know five six years or some shit and so you just think you're so deep into it you're going like whoa it's just such a waste to, to walk away from all of that and why would I do that and so that shit was holding me back a little bit. Anyway, I thought, okay, there's a, there's a pattern here. I'm just too comfortable. So next time, I have a really good idea. I've got to quit, and I've just got to balls to the wall and just fucking jump off that building and see if the parachute opens. And we've talked about that over a couple of pods, and that's exactly what I did. So really, I was learning to back myself and commit and then figure it out as you go. And when I sort of understood this term of commitment, it made me realize how powerful it is that if you really commit to something then you can hold yourself accountable to have a crack at that thing so that's what I wanted to do for the first time I wanted to really commit to one of these business ideas and see how far I could take it and really squeeze it and figure out is this something here or not and the school rebate stuff Yep, committed to it, went pretty hard, but it became evident that it wasn't going to be something we could do forever, so then we needed something else, and it was to do accounting our way, and that's now what I'm doing today, and I'm still you know, a long way from squeezing the juice out of that lemon as such. But um, you know, I had to quit my job and get out of that way of living for me so that I could really figure out how I was going to do it on the other side. Now... A few other times that I've done this and it's worked out really well for me that I want to tell you a story about. So throughout this journey as well, in my self-employed journey, I started working uh, more on my side hustles to the horse racing side of things and having a bit of play around with that and meeting different people and building that up and applying some of the things that I was learning through business into that and it was growing nicely, which was cool. And along the way, people had talked about, oh, you know, you guys should get an app, you should get an app, you should get an app. And Luke had no idea about getting an app or what that meant or how we'd do that. Anyway, we uh, got invited to go and speak to some people who said, hey, we can talk to you about what you want to think about. And I did a couple of those with different people. And then basically, some guys said, hey, here's a quote for us to build what it is that you want built. And it was tens and tens of thousands of dollars. Now, I knew before I walked out of that door that we were going to do it. I said to myself, fuck it, commit to this and figure it out as you go. So we got outside and I said to Ben, who's in the meeting with me, I said, wow. And he was like, holy shit, is that what an app costs to get built? And I said, yep, that sucks, eh? Uh, and he's like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, we're going to do it. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it. He's like, how the fuck are you going to do it? I'm like, I've got no idea. 
I've got no idea how we're going to do it, but we're going to commit to it and we're just going to figure it out as we go. And that was my methodology. So I didn't think, I wasn't like, oh, yeah, give me some time to think about this. I was just like, before I even left there, in my head I knew we're doing this. Come hell or high water, this is a smart thing to do over the long term. Let's have a crack at it. And part of me wants to do it just for the challenge to figure out, can I do it? So we committed to it. We said, yep, we can pay the tens of thousands of dollars of what it was going to cost. And my first question was, hey, do you mind if we pay this off over a bit of time? And they said, oh, we can check it our end. I said, that's going to probably be the difference between us being able to do it or not. Yeah, that makes sense. No worries. Excuse me. They came back and they said, yep, that's no worries. So now what was, uh, how do you come up with tens of thousands of dollars in a, say, 30 to 40 day period, which is sort of how most business works, was now a lot longer period. So now I had time. So now the pressure was effectively off. So that's what can often stop us because we have a time period and we think, shit, we have to do something by X date. Now I basically played the game and I extended my time, which then decreased the amount of pressure that I had on myself a little bit and it gave me the confidence that, okay, there's step one. I'm down the path. I've committed. Now I need to figure this out. Now we had some money set aside, so I knew, well, there's month one paid for. Now I need to cover the rest of them. And then I started talking about the fact we were going to do it and how people could contribute if they wanted to and people were keen to. And so then that helped us pay for it. And then some of the big dogs in the racing space were like, um, you know, they, they got wind that we were doing it and they said, can we have a chat? And so I learned what they were trying to do and then they were asking what we were trying to do and I told them what situation we were in and how we didn't necessarily have the cash to do it but we were figuring it out and we were going to make it happen and it was for the better for racing and whatnot and, and, and sold them the vision that I could see and they said, okay, well, we're happy to contribute but to contribute, you need to do X, Y and Z. Now, X, Y, and Z were only going to cost me time, and I knew I had time, so I said, yep, we can do that. So that's what we did. So we paid this thing off within um, two, two-thirds of the way through the time that we had to pay it. We'd, we'd already paid it off. And that was a moment for me where I thought, wow. You know, I had so many people say to me, that's fucking ridiculous. Why would you do that? Oh, I know someone that can do it cheaper. Oh, how do they think they can charge that much for an app and that's not worth it and all this shit. And I just blocked all that noise out and was like, cool, but I've already committed to it. I'm going to figure it out. And that's, um, that's what I did. And now we have over 22,500 people who use that app and there's been a net notification go out this morning and people will be spending time in that this weekend and using it and it's an asset that we've built that's allowed us to, to continue the progress of uh, that Facebook community that we've built and allowed us to transition people away from Facebook as Facebook has slowly started to go down the Googler as well. So that was my strategic play. I knew I needed to get people off Facebook eventually. But if Luke didn't have the methodology of commit and figure it out, um, I, you know, I, I wouldn't have, we, we wouldn't have it today. Now I know as well, like I'm very big on if you give someone your word, then you keep it. And so when I commit to things, it forces me to go, I do not want to let anyone down, and then I have a crack at it, and I, and I make it happen. And I don't know how I'm going to do it at the time, but I know I've got time to figure out how to do it. So that has been so helpful for my life, and especially in business, where 
I may not know exactly what I need to do right at the start, but I know through a number of these different projects that I've done and through committing and figuring it out that I will find a way to figure it out. When I decided I was going to do 30 uh, Keep the Change lessons, 30 and 30 for March, I had no idea what the topics were. But I committed to doing it and then I sat down and I started to map out what those 30 topics could be and then this turned out to be one of them because it's definitely been very helpful for me. So that's another one. Uh, And then another time was, well, as I sort of got further down my path with business, eventually I got to a place where I realised I can't do all of this myself. For instance, even updating that app, it was all good to have it, but putting all the data into it that needed to go into it day in, day out, sometimes I just couldn't because I didn't be in uh, meetings with clients or prospective clients or uh, I'd be tied up or I'd be travelling and I just couldn't do that. So I knew, well, all good and well to pay for the app, but now I need to figure out who could help me do it. And so there were sort of two or three people that knew how to do it. And eventually it got to the point where, you know, people were like, yeah, yeah, I can do that for you. And they realized like, fuck, this is like every day or every second day, or sometimes it's just, I, I can't do this. And people are very quick to be like, well, now, nah, sorry, I, I, I don't have the time. So I knew, okay, eventually I'm going to have to start to pay for someone's time to be able to get some of my time back so that they could do that for me. And that's exactly what I had to do. I didn't necessarily, I couldn't necessarily afford it or I didn't want to hand over that money for my time at this stage, but I knew I was going to need to do that. And I think we'll do a a lesson on buying your time back and the importance of that. But again, I had to commit and I had to find somebody and say, hey, could you log how many hours you do and I'll pay you to do that. And then I needed to figure out, okay, how are we going to fund that? So then that was the next path that I went down and had to make that happen. And it's the same thing with, Next advisory with hiring different people and getting them to, to help because I, I couldn't do it all on my own. There's only so much time you have and eventually things become a waste of your time as such or not a good use of, not a good use of your time is probably a smarter way to put it because you need to be thinking about other things that you need to be doing and other things that are going to continue to help you grow. Not, it's not the things, you're not going to be able to continue to do the things you've, you've done to continue becoming the person you want to become because you'll you'll basically run out of time. So you need to start delegating those back to somebody else that can help you to get through them and work to their skill sets so that you can work more to yours. So a couple of times along the way, I've had to hire people as such and get comfortable with handing over money for people's time and commitment. And that's been a fun journey in its own. And that's where like me and my business partner are probably a little bit different. We're um, I'm probably keener to do it faster than what he is because I'm just a massive activator and I think, oh, let's just do this now, do it now, whereas he's very deliberative and will want to uh, make sure we get the perfect person and figure out exactly what it is they're going to do it and, and hire them on sort of the perfect day where I'm like, fuck, there'll be no perfect day, just you know, hire them yesterday and we'll just figure it out as we go. So it's probably a little bit of um, my natural strength set which can also become a hindrance at times as well because I'll just you know, rush for a person and might not, um, you know, might miss some of the red flags and, and get them on board and realise like actually that they're not going to be part of this for long, they're not going to be interested in it and things like that. But um, I've definitely had to learn how to do that again when it's come to, when it's it's come to, you know, using, well, sorry, I shouldn't say using, where it's, when it's come to getting somebody else to help me do the things that I could do but I don't necessarily need to be doing anymore. Now, another time... Uh, oh, that, actually, I've missed one of the, so part of um, with the the horse racing stuff as well. 
there was a young lad who came and helped us out for about a year and he had lost his job with his current employer. It was post-COVID and I sat down and, and in my head before we'd even caught up, I thought we need to we need to throw this lad a lifeline and help him out and hire him as such and get him to, to do some stuff for us for the next little while until the industry sorts itself out until another opportunity comes along for him that's going to help him get to the next part of his career. So we sort of had this yarn and he was keen and I said, look, he was even like, you know, how are you going to fund this? And I said, well, I don't necessarily know right now, but I know that I'll be able to figure it out as we go. And I just said, look, once we'd had a few beers, it's like, trust me, mate, I will look after you and I will not let you down. I, I, you have my word, I absolutely promise you. And he believed me, which was good. And he committed to that. And so we ripped through that for probably nine to, to 12 months. And that was awesome for uh, the BGP brand and things like that that we were doing and for different connections and really took us to another level. And, and, and we got a lot of respect um, throughout the industry for the, some of the things that we were doing because we didn't necessarily need to do them, but we see there was a hole in the market and there was a gap there and we wanted to help fill it. And and this bloke was a, the perfect person to do that. And so that was a, a very fun journey. But again, we had to go on the path of, okay, how are we going to fund this? So then we needed sponsors and then we needed to ask for contributions. And um, I guess being numbers focused as an accountant and whatnot, I start to solve these problems or I start to predict what, what money's going to come out and what month and all these different types of things that we do for clients. And I can do it for myself personally and then figure out, okay, what reserves could we build up to cover some of the downturns and different things. So I guess that's where my lessons that I've learned through business have helped me and through with clients and studying and things have helped me understand how to break down some of these barriers faster and I appreciate that not everybody's going to be in that same position. But anyway, another massive opportunity came up for this lad and we had to uh, let him go as such and there was with no hard feelings or anything that was for the best for him um, and so that's what he did but... Yeah, it was, it was awesome to have him in that time. But I could have easily been scared and be like, oh, I don't know how we're going to do this. Like, nah, sorry, mate, we can't do this, fuck that. But I could see that there was an opportunity there and I thought, let's let's have a crack at it. And so that's what we did. So we committed to it and we figured it out as we went. Now, another time I was stretching at the gym and I was getting pretty close to being able to afford to live on my, uh, or live by paying rent again and not needing to house it and things like that. And I... I was stretching at the gym and I was searching for apartments because I've always wanted to live in an apartment. It's been a dream of mine to see what it's like to live in an apartment. And I searched one-bedroom apartments. And this was, um, the, the market was like really tight. This was all pre-COVID and stuff like that. And there was basically like nothing really on the market. And it might have been around a Christmas or a New Year's time, I think. And there's like four places. Anyway, I see that some guy's got this apartment listed up. I, I've always wanted an apartment with a view out to the water. I think looking towards the water is really good for my mental health and my creativity. I see that there's an apartment looking towards the water. There's a pool downstairs. It's right by Countdown and it's right by the gym. And I thought, fuck, this is perfect. I look, scroll down, $650 a week. I'm like, you are joking. Is that what it costs to have an apartment in the city? $650 a week. I text the bloke and say, mate, could I come have a look at this place? And he's like, oh, I'm about to go there in an hour if you're, uh, if you're around. I'm like, you beauty. I jump in the car um, and I head over there, meet this bloke. And I said, mate, I'll take it. He's like, you sure? I'm like, yep. What's the paperwork? How do we do it? So I'd gone from not being able to afford any rent, even to pay the rent in my flat that I was in, just committing to $650 a week in rent 
So to give you an indication, uh, that is $33,800 in rent. He goes, oh, you know you've got to pay the water, eh? I'm like, what? So yeah, you've got to pay the water here. There's a water rate. I'm like, fuck. Oh, really? Yeah, it's about 50 bucks uh, a week. I mean, a month, sorry. I'm like, oh, okay. So there's another 600 for the year. I'm like, oh, I'm going to need the internet, aren't I? Well, probably, there's probably about 1,000 a, a year. No, oh, I'm probably going to need some power too, aren't I? Oh, probably another 1,000. Uh, so before you know it, I am, what else do you have to pay when you're renting? Oh, you've got to pay for food, of course, as well. But anyway, let's just look at those things. So now I'm 35K, probably 36K in a hole for the year. Basically $3,000 a month that is committed from my income to be living in an apartment. I could have done those figures and gone like, that's ridiculous, that's too much, fuck this. But no, I said, yeah, mate, I'm going to commit and I'm going to figure it out. The first thing I needed to figure out was I need to start making some more cash. So I need to start getting better at business. I need to start figuring out where some money's going to come from. I need to sit in this place and make sure I get the fucking most out of it. I need to get my time back. I need to be going to the gym. I need to be very creative. I need to start pumping out more content uh, for Next Advisory. I need to be getting more people on the phone. I need to get better at sales. And that was going to be my hub and where I was going to be able to do that from. So I don't think this bloke had ever had someone sign up for a um, an apartment so quickly. But anyway, a couple of times, what well, what ended up happening is I ended up moving out of there, and I moved further up because I moved in with my girlfriend, and I moved further up the building from a one-bedroom through to a two-bedroom, effectively, and the landlord said to me, mate, I'm, I'm out of town, could you rent it out for me? And I'm like, well, what do I need to do? And he's like, ah, you just got to show some people around. I'm like, you bloody beauty, yep. So he paid me to do that, and it was basically like a week, a week's rent times two. So I, I got actually two weeks rent for free, didn't I? because I found or showed people through, so that was basically swapping my time back to find new tenants for him, and I was just coming down from my apartment down to that one and showing them around and taking them through the amenities and all those different types of things, and he was grateful for that because he could get his time back and he wasn't around to do it, so it allowed uh, it allowed him to get his time back and me to get a little bit of cash, which is absolutely outstanding, um, but it just shows you that money will come to you in just strange ways if you are open to it. I could have been like, nah, fuck, I'm not doing that for you, mate. I don't, why should I have to show you around your house? I'm like, yeah, mate. He's like, yeah, I'll pay for it. I'm like, yeah, even better. Let's roll. So, you know, I did that a couple of times. And then the third time, I'm like, mate, I can't do this anymore because it was I was getting too busy and it wasn't a good use of my time anymore. And the market for rent had really changed. Get this, the place went from about 650 a week to about... 540 a week I think so I was paying about 110 like this is just classic my life um, and without being well as me like I, I get into these things at the absolute top of the market and I was paying 110 bucks more than the second lot of people that moved in there per week so over a, probably five and a half grand worth there that they were saving per year but anyway is what it is they committed to it too and they probably figured it out but uh, by the third time I said, mate, I, I can't show anyone through this because I, I'm too busy and people were taking too long and I was showing heaps of people uh, earlier on. It just been easy as basically showed three people through and one of them took it. But um, one of the questions that I like to ask myself when I'm going through a major decision is I ask myself this. I sit there, so it might be about taking on a new rent or it might be hiring somebody or it might be committing to a project um, or spending some money on something. And I ask myself, will the Luke you're becoming make this decision? 
And off to the answer is hell yes. And I'm like, well then, stop fucking around and make the decision right now. Stop waiting to become that person because you're, you're going to become them. So start making the decisions ahead of time. So it might be about hiring for me or it might be about raising prices or getting rid of uh, a client. I shouldn't term it like that, but uh, moving on a client where we don't necessarily agree or our values don't align or they're not um, you know, operating in line with the standards of some of our other clients, so why are we accepting this from them? So I ask myself, will the Luke that I'm becoming and that I'm going to become and going to be make this decision? And that's how I do some of my homework and sometimes uh, some of my decision making. And it might even be about, okay, here's a holiday and it's going to cost X amount. And I think, will the Luke, there's another way for you to frame it. You could go, will the person that you're becoming in five years' time make this decision? And you might think, well, in five years' time, I'm going to be earning X amount more or I'm going to have children or whatever. And if you can start to see the person you're becoming, you can figure out whether you would make the decisions that you know you're going to need to make at some stage and whether you can make them faster. So for me, what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to stop thinking because what I've noticed is the more I think, the more I fuck it up. Because, not, not so much anymore because I've tidied up my thinking and I've learned how to do a lot more things, but if we go back through my 20s and through like Will You and Business and all these things, I thought too much, didn't I? And so I fucked it up because I didn't know how to think. No one had taught me how to think. And I didn't know... Maybe reach out for help. Maybe get a partner on board for this. Maybe just keep going. Maybe just start some marketing. Maybe allocate some money towards marketing from the start. And I didn't know how to do any of those things. I didn't really know how to think. I just thought things were going to happen for me. So then I overthought things and then nothing happened. And I guess that's the problem that so many people have is that they think too much and then they act too little. So what I say to myself is less thinking, more action. And I think there's a saying, less hooey, more dewey. And it's such a great thing to remember because we're so keen to think and get people's opinions and do all this shit. But really, the answer is just to take action. And it's very, very simple in business, for instance. Everybody knows that the fastest and probably the best way for most people to get clients is to find people who are going to need your product or service, call them and say, hey, such and such from such and such here, the reason I'm calling you is X, Y, Z, and basically try to sell something to them. But no one will do it because we're too scared, we're worried we're going to get rejected, and we think, ah, I'll do a big advertising campaign instead, or I'll get a billboard. That'll mean that people are going to stop and park on the side of the road and then fucking ring me up, aren't they? Of course they're not. They're just going to carry on with their day. But we don't want to do the things that are actually going to move us forward because often we're scary to do, and so we'd rather just think about them some more or not actually take action. So be careful if you go down the path of continuously thinking and thinking and thinking, but never actually taking any action on anything. My girlfriend and I, you know, she knows that I'm massive on this, and sometimes you know, the poor girl, she'll have to listen to me go like, I'm not going to listen to you talk about that again, because I've heard about it six times. So what are you going to do about it? And if you're not going to do anything, do not tell me about it again. And some people might be like, oh, what an asshole!" But she'll then go and do something about it, and then she'll come back eventually and thank me and be like, thanks for pushing me in the right direction. Because I'm not doing it from a negative aspect. I'm doing it because I know that the decision that she ends up making is going to benefit her because I know that she doesn't want to be complaining or thinking about this thing for too long. She's just scared to take the piece of action that she needs to. And it's the same for me. She'll go, hey, you've talked about this a number of times. I don't want to hear about it. 
and that's fear. Like we've built uh, a, an ability to have those conversations with each other without completely offending each other. So maybe that could be something you want to think about in your household of, okay, when does the thinking stop and the action start getting taken? Now that is why we launched into this episode with the great Do It To It by Cherish and Sean P because we just need to do it, do it, do it and do it. So that's what I was practicing is committing to things and then figuring them out as they went.